Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. How is it still January? I don't understand. This month is 400,000 years long. Ugh. So done with it. But also, it's not like February is going to be that much better. I mean, weather-wise, but I am going to see Casey Musgraves. And that makes February better. More on that maybe next week or after I go, which is February 5th. Keeping that Band-Aid life going, not stopping, have no plans to stop, just continuing to make more plans and buy more tickets. So that's where I'm at. Um, As I talked about, I'm hoping for a Taylor Swift tour. We don't have one yet, but we do. The Swifties, myself included, were activated on Monday. You probably saw a bunch of headlines about this. Um, I figured I'd just break it all down because maybe you didn't want to read into what was going on. What was the drama? It was some bullshit is what I'll tell you what it was. Um, So here's what happened. Damon Albarn, who you may remember from like 90s Britpop blur fame or gorillas, which I, I really like gorillas, um, or feuding with the Gallagher brothers or talking shit about Adele a few years ago, or maybe you don't know who the fuck this guy is at all, which was, I think a fair number of at least like younger Taylor Swift fans too. Um, he did an interview with the LA times about an upcoming solo project. And in the interview, he said of Taylor, she doesn't write her own songs. And then tried to backpedal when she called him out on Twitter. So I thought I this is the actual exchange as printed in the Los Angeles Times. It was um, there was like an intro and then it was done in like a Q&A format um, by this writer, Michael Woods. So the reporter says, you think a lot of modern musicians are relying on sound and attitude? And Damon says, name me someone who's not. And the reporter says, she may not be to your taste, but Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. And he answers, she doesn't write her own songs. And the reporter says, of course she does. Co-writes some of them. Like, of course she does, period. Co-writes some of them, period. True. That doesn't count, Damon said. I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. Doesn't mean that the outcome can't be really great. And some of the greatest singers, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald never wrote a song in her life. When I sing, I have to close my eyes and just be in there. I suppose I'm a traditionalist in that sense. A really interesting songwriter is Billie Eilish and her brother. I'm more attracted to that than Taylor Swift. It's just darker, less endlessly upbeat. Way more minor and odd. I think she's exceptional. Of Billy. So Taylor retweets like the Los Angeles Times tweet of this story and ats Damon Albarn and says, I was such a huge fan of yours until I saw uh, such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You didn't you don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try to discredit my writing. Wow. That's an all caps. Wow. And then she said in a second tweet, P.S. I wrote this tweet all by myself in case you were wondering with the emoji that just has like the flat mouth. She's correct in all of this. 
you do not have to like Taylor Swift's music, but she writes it. So then he eventually responded to her tweet and said, I totally agree with you. I had a conversation about songwriting and sadly it was reduced to clickbait. I apologize unreservedly and unconditionally. The last thing I would want to do is discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand. Damon. To which, I mean, I got into, I was ready to beef on Twitter, ready to be. I responded to him like, like I was just talking about in, uh, I will, you will hear me talk about in this interview with Winter. I try to stay out of Twitter beef now, but not when it involves Blondie and people trying to say she doesn't write her music. So like, that's not clickbait. Like we did, I just read it in the context. Clickbait is when you like leave out information or misconstrue something to make people click. And that's not what was really said, but actually the context of what this ass hat said makes it even worse. Taylor is a writer on every song she's ever recorded. She's also written for other performers, including like her fucking ex-boyfriend, Calvin Harris and Rihanna. You know that song. She did it under a pseudonym, and then it then later was revealed that it was her. Um, and yeah, she has creative collaborators. She's very public about them. A lot of a lot of artists do. Many many artists do. She's never hidden that. There's also a ton of available footage, Damon, that you could look at that you can see her process with her collaborators and how that works, and see how much writing she does. I, I can't. I'm so furious about this. Um, you know, Jack Antonoff and Aaron Dessner are two of those collaborators. And Jack said on Twitter, I've never met Damon Albarn and he's never been to my studio, but apparently he knows more than the rest of us about all those songs Taylor writes and brings in. Herb. And then a second tweet. If you were there, cool. Go off. If not, maybe shut the fuck up. Right on, Jack Antonoff. And Aaron Dessner said, not sure why you, at Damon Albarn, would try to discredit Taylor's brilliant songwriting, but as someone who has gotten to press record around her, your statements couldn't be further from the truth. You're obviously completely clueless as to her actual writing and work process. Correct, Aaron Dessner, sweet, sweet man. But also, like, this guy doesn't even make any sense because in the, like, he's like, co-writing's not the same, but in the next sentence, he's like, I love Billie Eilish, who co-writes with her brother Phineas. So, like, even his bullshit reasoning doesn't, it just doesn't track. Also, if you go on his Wikipedia, it's filled with fucking co-writing credits. Um, also, calling Taylor Swift's music endlessly upbeat is, like, I guess you haven't been listening. Like, we fucking sob our eyes out, sir. Sob our eyes out. I, You know, it's just, like, fuck you and your clout chasing. Um... And again, you do not have to like something. I've, there's tons of people in my life who don't like Taylor Swift. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, she writes the music. That's the thing that's always, like, even back in the day, people would be like, well, she's a great writer. Now, like, even when they were trying to distance themselves from her, like, I just can't. And it honestly, the way he talked about it in that interview, it almost didn't even seem calculated, though he's certainly getting a ton of attention now. Headlines all over the place about this guy who's, project a lot of those people would not have known about so I guess great for you you insecure prick but like and like later in the in the piece he says something about um whether they would like reissue like the one of the famous blur albums and he's like no like 
reissuing stuff like takes up space that should be for new stuff which kind of mildly feels like a dig too it's like okay you don't like taylor swift but like get the fuck out of here i hate that guy um so good for taylor always stand up for yourself uh this guy he sucks he sucks. Also, there's nothing wrong with co-writing. Like, what are you talking about? Also, she doesn't co-write everything. Not that it matters. But ugh. so like Swifties obviously went on the attack. Demolished this man. I mean, RIP his mentions within one second. Uh, so that's that. Now, you know, as of now, Taylor hasn't said anything else. She doesn't need to say anything else. Like it's been said. And like we know everyone knows. But people, as you can tell, it gets me very irritated. Um, On a very separate note, I watched a show, the first two episodes of Somebody Somewhere this morning. Really enjoyed it. It's uh, Bridget Everett stars as a woman in her 40s who's moved back to her small town in Kansas where she was caring for her dying sister, And is now like still living in her house after she's gone and grappling with her grief on like all these different levels about around like the death of her sister that you were just starting to scratch the surface on, but also just her own life and like that it's not what she thought it was going to be. And she wanted to, she was like a really good singer and she wanted to be a singer and had dreams of that and it didn't really work out and she doesn't really know where she fits and and like in these first two episodes, you can see her making little moves in like growth and stuff, including like a new friendship with this guy, Joel, who was a classmate of hers in high school. They were in show choir together, but she didn't really remember him and they're forming a friendship. And he kind of gets her involved in this choir practice with the kind of quote unquote other kind of misfits of the town, kind of free spirits. And she kind of start her see her getting her voice back a little more and she's got family drama and the sister and a niece and her parents and I just I've really loved it so far it's really funny and funny and touching and relatable in a lot of ways that that have nothing to do with small town life and I'm just I'm keep being glad that there are stories about middle-aged women having interesting uh inner and outer lives and I, I talked about a few other shows that are kind of female-centered half-hour shows. This is a half-hour show, too. Somebody somewhere. Um, on HBO Max, uh, this one is. And then there's – I mentioned – I did note some notes on a few other shows that I'm liking, uh, including How I Met Your Father, Pivoting, and Single Drunk Female, which you can check out at wehavenotes.substack.com. All the old ones are on. Old posts are on there. So if you ever want to go back – and reference any of the like recommendations or anything. But that was kind of what's on on my uh, little notepad this week. I mean, it was very taken up with um, my rage at this man over on Taylor's behalf. But I'm so excited about today's guest, my friend Winter Mitchell. We had such a like wonderful conversation we're talking about about yellow jackets and euphoria and being teenagers and body image and plastic surgery and uh benifer and so many things it was very hard to edit down but i hope you enjoy our conversation and we'll be right back with that (laughs) 
I've been admiring this week's guest's witty voice and astute and hilarious opinions since I first started following her on Twitter, where she is not afraid to give many notes on many topics, pop culture and beyond. Winter Mitchell is a highly accomplished digital strategist and writer and podcaster and Twitter Spaces host who has been working in the entertainment industry for decades. So I think you can see why I was drawn to her and her content. I mean, she's worked with everyone from JLo to Steven Tyler to Netflix to Margaret Cho. And honestly, I can think of a very long list of famouses who would do well to call her and get some advice on their own brands. And she started this career at the ripe old age of 16. So I would say to hear a little bit more about that, I highly recommend her recent appearance on the Forever 35 podcast, which was really excellent. And we both also happen to be members of the Jane Club, which is the way we connected with each other. And I was overjoyed when I shot her a DM and she took me up on my open invitation to come on the pod to discuss any topic she saw fit. Like, seriously, I favorite practically everything this woman tweets. So I'm so excited to have her here today to talk about some shows we're both very obsessed with and whatever else comes out of our mouths. Please welcome a person who makes Twitter a better place and makes me laugh and think and seems to watch as many things as I do. Welcome, Winter Mitchell. Hi, Winter. Abby! That's the best intro I've ever had. I love you. I love you. I'm going to bring you everywhere I mean, to intro me. You're the best. Oh, thanks. I think you're the best. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> like, I'm obsessed with you, too. I'm pretty obsessed with you, too. It's mutual. Trust good. me. I'm glad. <laughs> How are you? How's, how's life? I'm... I, I was laughing before we joined because, like, you emailed me and I was like, oh, God, I feel bad I didn't email her back. The reason this the last two days, because everybody sees me on Twitter and they're like, oh, she's got all sorts of time. It's like I go to Twitter when I in, so I don't get in trouble. Right. Like I go to Twitter so I can stay off the streets yeah. and not get into situations that will not do me right. And that's when I'm just have a moment where I'm just like blarg and then I go back to my life. So I was in the course of two days. I have I'm, I'm working on uh, this boy band show with Donnie Wahlberg, which happened out of oh nowhere. I don't even get me started. I don't even know where to go on this oh my conversation. God. I'm just like, I, what? It just I, it, it, it's all thanks to Dave Holmes, who's oh, everybody knows Dave, Dave Holmes. Holmes from MTV. Yeah, he's a good friend. And he brought me in and I'm like, what the hell are we doing? But it's great. I think it's going to be great. And so I'm working on that. I'm working on a um a, a, a Sundance activation that was in person and is now, uh, you know, virtual because we're not doing anything uh, 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 in person anymore. And then I am doing my regular stuff with my right. clients, like going and, you know, getting their content together. And I'm working with like my favorite client right now, Olivia Munn, which I'm obsessed with her and she's a good friend and, you know, working to, to make the internet safer for her. And out of the blue, I get a filing <laughs> from a, a aesthetics facility that I gave a one-star review uh, in no other context, a legal filing. Um, and I'm laughing because I, well, I have a really amazing attorney working on my behalf and she's laughing. Wait, can you, hysterically can you at file all a lawsuit over a review in a forum that is meant for reviews? No. Okay. <laughs> so literally <laughs> that's like, I don't want to spend this money for my friend. Right. I have to pay her cause she's, you know, I got to pay her what she's right. worth, but she is 
laughing because she's like, this is ridiculous and they're taking it too far. Like, they're bullies. And I'm just sitting here and thinking to myself, in the span of a day, like, this is what my life is right. like. It, it goes zigging. <laughs> I, it, I go zag. It goes zag and I go zig. It just does what it wants. And I meanwhile, I'm sitting here writing before I, we started writing a script because I work with uh, Jessica Yellen from News Not Noise. And everybody knows who Jessica yeah. Yellen is. And uh, she's having me become like her noise correspondent where I talk about like pop culture and I'm like I'm really lucky that I have all these options to do things so differently and then I get on a a show with you which I'm so excited about and we get to talk about like our favorite things like I really enjoy life and I say all this to say like I'm glad we found each other on Twitter because I think we all come to Twitter, especially our little nook like I feel like we have like a group of people that we kind of like communicate with and it's it's I come there because I trust this community to understand where my head's at <laughs> and I have to make sense of where my head is at. And that's why like the the, the shows we're gonna talk about today feel so comfortable yeah. for me because I've always operated at a high octane level. I may not have murdered or eaten anyone yeah. yet, but I have always operated like high octane. I don't know yeah, about you. Yeah, definitely. If you're, like like I way. think that's like the energy it's just like fast and furious and like brain going and like music is playing and it's cutting fast and it's like like the yellow jackets opening credits speaking of one of the shows i'm like yeah that's inside my head it's like inside my head 90s yeah yeah it's all (laughs) and it's all over the place and everybody's like i want that song and then they make the song available to stream and i'm like i don't need it on my playlist but i'm happy it exists Mm -hmm. It reminds me too much of my brain. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so interesting with Twitter because we've both been on there for a very long time and my relationship with it has evolved so much because I feel like it used to be like it was the streets where I got in trouble. (laughs) And then not like in like a cancellation way, but more in a like, why am I fighting with people about this? Like, do not, this does not serve me. Yes. You know, it's like Jerry, does this serve my interests? Like it did not. Right. Like I wasn't getting in trouble, like public trouble, but like, it was just like, what are you doing? And now I like feel (laughs) so much better about my relationship with it. Like, cause I found like this corner and it's like, I'm not really getting into like, it's not my space for politics. I mean, I might read up on stuff and like follow some things. But what sure. I'm engaging with, I'm just sure. like, no, I'm going to talk about pop culture and like the stuff that was kind of really fun in the beginning for me when, when Twitter was new and we all didn't know what to do and it yeah. was just like fun. And, yeah. and I know when to like tap out now, which I didn't always know yeah. when to tap out. Well, nobody knew what to do in the beginning. I actually interviewed... Jack and Ev, who was the other yeah. co-founder, at the very beginning of Twitter, I called their office. They had an office, and you called the phone right. number. <laughs> and like, I'm not even kidding. It was like 2007, maybe, yeah. and or eight, early 2008. And I like called, and like Jack answered, and he was like, "Oh, we've never really done this before, but I guess I'm happy to do it." And I talked to him about like why Twitter matters, and. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, you know, this is something that can either go incredibly well or it could not it could not make a splash. And and obviously we're like 
at this point, we're at the beginning of Facebook. We're at the end of MySpace for the most part. We're at yeah. the end of Friendster is literally no more. So I'm thinking to myself, like, Twitter could be like a magical place. And I still think it's magical yeah. to this day. I don't like you. I, I'm political, obviously. Yeah, I, I believe what I me believe. Too. But I've also determined that there is no reasoning with these Mm-mm. people. They believe what they believe. They have the right, right? We're in America. As far as I know, you're still allowed to believe what you want to believe. But it's so far. Once we got into like the Marjorie, once we, once (laughs) uh, John, who's John? Once Trump lost, (laughs) then I was like, all right, well, I don't really have a reason to be here angry every day. He's out. He was the source of my, he was the hemorrhoid in my life. It was so, I was so angry all the time. It was so good. Yeah. You know what I also realized? It's been one year since the inauguration yeah, right a year tomorrow and j-lo brought a rod oh just my so god funny. she did <laughs> do you remember that like viral who did it was it was it trayvon or was it who what comedian did it with the the voicing over and it was like gaga's bird and it was like oh did you see gaga's bird and then it would they were do, he was doing the voices of like the footage of just like the c-span basically footage of like the obamas going over to talk to lady gaga and like I saw it, but I don't remember. And then who one of them was it, like, I remember it was it. like doing like Barack's voice, but being like, they said together. Nah, she, she yeah. gets messy sometimes. <laughs> and Michelle's like, she does. Yeah. And it was like, not them, but you know what I mean. And it was like, I didn't know Jello and Aaron were still together. And like, Michelle's like, it was, they it are was, still together. <laughs> I was like waiting for that breakup. I'm so happy she's with them. Oh, it now. makes it, gives, I, 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 it immense joy. It just, it just, immense joy and just like you don't understand it was like so emotional to, to like witness this rekindling and re- reunion of this relationship that means so much I, it may not me- mean much to the kids these days but that relationship was everything yeah and when they like tr- <laughs> it was everything and I, know, and I love the kids and I'm not anti the kids and I love the kids but like I'm like you guys don't understand like yeah. you can see the photos and you see that there's all these paparazzi photos. I'm like, you don't understand what it was like. You don't understand. And how mm-hmm. important it was and how it changed everything in certain ways. Everything. It changed everything. And like everything. And like to have this back and like at this moment in life when in my forties, which I love being in my forties, but I am like nostalgic for I've always been a nostalgic person, but I like, I love the nineties. I love the aughts and like that part, that time in my life, which was young and like free and I'm free now in a different way than I was free then. But like, you know, it was like starting out and I was so brazen and like, yeah, this is just going to, this will figure it out and I'll get this job and I'll do this. And we're running around town and like never got a hangover, you know, I mean, whatever it was, but like, <laughs> but we also weren't glued to our phones all the time, and like we ha- we could connect with people, but we weren't they weren't computers yet, and like we weren't on social media, and really, and like not in this way that it, you know I don't know I just and I just love them and that kind of idea of like maybe you do circle back around to somebody. I I you know well I'll, okay two things one when it when the way I found out. In 2001, whenever, 2002, whenever this started, is because of the internet. Yeah. And it was because the internet was so 
raggedy back then. <laughs> so back then, paparazzi photos would be uploaded to this fan site because it was just like an easy way for them to get their photos up on a site and it had no password. And then, you know, you would buy them right. from this site. This is before there was like regulations yeah. da, 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 because obviously like the tabloids could not manage or control like what the internet was doing. The same thing with the film industry, same thing with the television industry, same thing with music. So it was the same thing in tabloid media, right? And so I remember going and because I was obsessed with her, yeah. constantly obsessed oh, yeah. with her, still obsessed with her, even after working for her and like, you know, doing the best I could possibly do because I'd never worked in such a high octane situation. I did a pretty good job. I could have done a probably a little bit better job if I wasn't like getting married at the same time. Well, it was a lot but to take I, on J-Lo and a wedding. <laughs> it was and a wedding. And a wedding. It was a lot. But she gave me a very nice mixer, and I still have it and use it all the time. I met her once. Uh, At an event. She's she's at an event. It was her event. It was the launch of her first fragrance. I was a beauty editor at the time. I was the beauty director at YM. So we were, like, right in the market for fun. For Glow. Mm -hmm. Glow. God, Glow was an and iconic And we were scent. all wondering. It was that exact moment. It was at the well, the Trump building on, like, the over by the UN in oh, New York. right. And it was up yeah. on, like, the 90th floor. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful event. She stayed, like, the whole time. She did a receiving line, and then she stayed oh. for, like, the dinner. It was a sit-down dinner, and, like, and, like a, okay. it turned into, like, a lounge after. But right, everyone right. was wondering. We didn't know who she was dating. It was, like, in page six all the time. It was, like, is she back with Puff? Is she like yeah. it was this whole thing, and it turned out that she was with Ben, and we didn't know it yet. So good, so good. It's like so like the the photos that I saw were him in her garage, and I remember being like, "Is this happening? Oh Is this really happening?" I literally was like a, a, a PA at a TV network, and I was like, I stopped and looked at my computer, and I literally was like, "Oh my god!" And everybody was like, "What?" And I was like, "JLo and Ben are dating," and they were like, "Huh?" And I literally like my obsession with them full throttle the entire time, and then you know they break up and and I always knew they'd get back together. I always knew. I always knew in the back of my mind I was like they're going to get back together. But then I it, I think about my relationship. My husband and I totally did that. We were like dating loosely, hooking up and then we like parted ways and I was like I'm going to continue dating and hooking up. That is mm-hmm. happening. But he will be back. And the moment he comes back, I do not care what situation I am in. The guy is out because this is my guy. This is my soulmate, my husband, Alan. And I'm such a romantic. I was dating. I'm a. I'm not even really a romantic. I just. It was such a fairy tale moment, which is so funny because now we've been married almost four years, and it's like nothing is fairy tale. <laughs> All we're just, like an old married couple. We're like yes, we're like aging rapidly. No, but I. I, I was. I was dating someone, and I did not like him. I liked what he could provide me. Mm. He was 10 years younger. He was four inches shorter. He was 100 pounds lighter than I was, but he was obsessed with me. And I was like, he's here to do the things that I cannot do right now, which is go look for somebody better than this guy. Go to the grocery store and, you know, hook up. Well, 
I literally, we had a New Year's date, me and this guy, and I remember crying on New Year's Eve to myself. And he thought it was, so, no, he thought it was like a beautiful oh. moment between us. And I was like, no, I was like crying because I was like, I cannot believe <laughs> I have to spend New Year's Eve with you. <laughs> and and then like a month, yeah. I, you've had, so you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. So like a month later on Valentine's Day, my husband, the day after Valentine's Day, my husband, my then, you know, yeah. guy that I'm obsessed with, love, want to be with, calls me, and then we just literally like a month later we're engaged. <gasps> but I, I'm not even kidding. I love I'm that not so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so I understand the need. Yeah, and they've like been, you know, and I, I've loved Ben through all of his. Me turmoil. too. I was always a Ben girl. Like Goodwill Hunting came out when I was Me like too. a junior in college, maybe senior. It was yeah, like going into my, I guess my senior year, and so I, everyone was like Ben or Matt, you know, and I'm like, there was no question about what was happening there. There's no question. Like there There's wasn't, no and whatever dirt. Like I'm sure, he, I I'm sure that he, being in a relationship with him is not easy, and I just am like, I don't know. I still love the guy. And he looks fucking great right I now. I don't care. He looks great, and I don't care whatever he's going through. I married an Affleck type, so I understand. I mean, my husband is not a cheater, yeah. but, you know, well, I, know I married you somebody like, who's a, like a yeah, good boy, bad boy. Yeah, That's listen, what I call the, him. They're the, a good, bad boy. When you're telling that story, I'm thinking of, like, this one particular person who was, like, so nice to me, so into me. Not like mm-hmm. people were mean to me. You know, like, I don't get, but, like, emotionally unavailable. Right. With a, a right. great wit and a lot of humor and like <laughs> a good heart underneath it all is like very right. my vibe in fiction and in real life and in like celebrity crush. Right. Well, okay. Should we talk about these yeah. shows? Yeah, we went into a lot. I lo- okay. So yes, we have both been talking a lot about Yellow Jackets. Let's start with Yellow Jackets because oh we just Let's finished the season. So do you have? So my oh. thing is. I am aggressively harassing people in my life to watch the show. And I have been successful for the most part. And no one has been sad when they start. They are all like, no one's been sad. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I've been telling you for 10 weeks. Like, yeah, exactly. Listen to me. I know these things, but have you had, have you, do you have like a pitch for people? And obviously you got to, you got to tailor the pitch depending on the person, but like, what is it? Or what is the core of this show that like, you love I mean there's so many things to love about it but what do you love about it I've been telling women about it yeah um because I always feel like my husband's my only male barometer so like he appreciates that I like it he's not into it um but he's like an eagle scout and a boy's boy so I feel like it's too much like vagina in it he might be useful in the wilderness though He's an eagle it might scout. Be, he would be so useful. He would have gotten them out easily. Yeah. He's an eagle scout. Like, I don't think that Ben, Javi, the other guy, I don't think they, they have a, a fucking clue what they're doing. And I just find that very hilarious that there's, like, you know, 10 to 12, a dozen young women who are, like, utilizing medical skills, knowing how to cook bear, knowing how to stab bears. And the guys are like, And, like, like knowing know. how to, like, <laughs> clean, you know, clean some rags and stuff because when they get their periods. And yeah. these guys are like, periods! Which is, you know. <laughs> periods! Like, oh my god. <laughs> They're all bleeding. No, I... 
they're all bleeding and it's synced. Um, no, I don't have a pitch. I just say it's like lost yeah. with girls. Yeah. It's like alive with teenage girls. And my biggest pitch is that they are my about my yeah. age and yeah. or or exactly my age. And you remember being sixteen and ninety six and or I was you like were a tiny I'm a tiny bit older, but like I was in college and I graduated from high school in ninety four. It's right there. It's all right there. Okay, so I like I graduated ninety seven. So it's like all right there. You're right there. And so like yeah. I just felt like this show needs to I remember the 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 way I even discovered it was like a teaser for Dexter and I was like I don't even care about Dexter it came on before a TV show that I a movie that I was watching on Showtime app and yes I had the Showtime app before Yellow Jackets and I I have Showtime on my cable (laughs) I do too I do too that's how I got the app so I can have the app because I already pay for it by Spectrum with all my other movie channels thank god Thank God they're allowing you to do that. At, whoa, the day, rue the day, rather that that they decide they want to split those costs up. I'm not going for that. No. I'm not going for that. I'm not paying 14.99 for Showtime. I'm very sorry. I don't care about billions. So I literally like saw this trailer and I was like, this looks amazing. I immediately googled and saw the pilot was on YouTube and I watched the pilot and I remember just being like, oh my God, this is the best show that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way to this day. Not what I watch each episode. I don't know about you. I watch each episode like two or three times. Same. I watch it yeah. like um, so because it would even on whether you want to watch it on the app or like I, on Sunday morning. I I like wake up early because I go to bed so early, and so it would be like mm-hmm. seven a.m. on a Sunday morning, and I would just fire it up and watch it for the first time. And then I'd usually I usually watch it at least again the next day, sometimes twice in the same day. Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes twice in the same day or I'll pause it and start it back. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with them. I think it's one of the best, smartest, biggest, you know, reflections. I think for me, the biggest issue is that I am tired of, I grew up in just like you in the eighties and you know what it was like in the eighties. We had reruns of shows that were old Mm -hmm. and we had to, you know, that was like our afternoon entertainment so we shows that were like about us didn't really match us i didn't really align with anything other than like saved by the bell and cartoons but like you know make room for daddy and the you know the donna reed show and things like that and then older 70s shows the brady bunch and stuff like that the monkeys and it's like that content was great and iconic and legendary but i didn't know anything about being 16 in 1976. I didn't know anything about being yeah. 16, and it didn't sound like it was great for my people anyway in 1956. Uh, so Maybe, now I so. <laughs> it didn't. I, I don't think it was. Or 1956. So now that we're in the 90s, where we have so much time between today and then, it's made me emotional. There, ha- I've, li- I've literally cried during Yellow Jackets at least twice because it's like, wow, Same. that was it. It's that like, was it like reaches would, into yeah. my insides of my soul and I'm like, yeah. and they also are just really good at like, at capturing what it was to be a teenage girl, what it is to be a teenage girl generally, but what it was to be a teenage girl in that, mo- in that time period. And yes, mm-hmm. it's in this extreme circumstance, but like, that's what's so brilliant about it is that it's like, but all of that, that fight, that Shauna and Jackie fight, like, oh my God, gutted me. I like mm-hmm. have a full chill. Like I did cry. And like, before you even knew how it was going to turn out just from the fight itself, because like 
that level of pain on both of their sides and that level of hurt being thrown and like the way that teenage girls can massacre someone like emotionally. Yeah. But also I totally understood where both of them were coming from and, and just like, I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah, it is a fucking jungle out there and that sounds so cliche, but like, yeah, it's like a battle for survival and all the shit can get stripped away. But all that other stuff, the feelings and the clicks and the wanting to be a part of the group and like Misty is unhinged in the most enjoyable way to me. But like the most enjoyable way. Of course, we had had a reunion already. They didn't come with her. But Mm -hmm. all she wants is to be a part of that group. And so when she finally when they, you know, they crash and she is useful for once and she is seen like she just wants to be seen by these girls and she's like their equipment mm-hmm. manager and she's a weirdo and um and then she's like oh they she has survival skills and so suddenly she's useful but then they've been there long enough that it's circling back around to like oh fucking misty again you know like right right <laughs> and, right and then you the know adult versions it's like Christina Ricci's so good. They're all so good. It's uh, unreal. But like, she just They're, wants to be a part of the group, and everybody knows she what just that wants feels. to be a part of the group. But she's a sociopath. But she's a sociopath. And we have, and and this is usually, you know, it's not. I'm never surprised by who I find out from because I'm still pretty. I'm not. I, I don't want to say close. I'm close with a, with a, a significant group of girls. We still keep up with each other, and you know, from twelve. From middle school. I'm really, so I like, have a really you know, pretty close inner circle that is still pretty tight. Yeah. 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 We know what's going on with each other. Yeah. We, you know, congratulate, mourn, all that yeah. stuff. But, uh, you know, I, th- I had a girl in my high school who literally, you know, to me is the embodiment of what would have happened if Jackie came back. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, everybody's. The, the the jewel of the crown mm-hmm. of her family like she was gonna be somebody yeah and you know like now she is not yeah. she's 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 not at all she's i don't want to like get into the reasons why but she is absolutely not what she had presented herself to be and uh, or want it for her future and i think that's also i don't know about you but like i look back and i go god what would i have changed yeah. i don't know what i would have changed I don't know. I, I like I told you, we talked about, I talked about in, on Dorian King's yeah. podcast, you know, in Forever 35, I, I didn't go to high, I didn't finish high school on purpose and I didn't want to, yeah. and I don't, I would not have changed that. I just don't think that I would have been successful. Um, it would have been too scary for the person that I was becoming to go someplace far from home with no money, um, you know, trying and, and already like a complete disinterest in the classroom setting, even though I was a good student. That's yeah. what people sort of think like, where you, I was a good student. I just did not, I had I undiagnosed ADHD and by that point did not feel like it was purposeful. So I think the biggest thing is like looking back yeah. and then looking forward and you see that these, all of these women are dissatisfied in life. Yeah. Even though, you know, one got what they wanted, Ty and, you know, uh, 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 Misty is, you know, and she's in service of people, but she is, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's the type of work she wanted to be doing. You can see, like, she's always constantly going on dates, trying to find, like, this perfect mate. And they're like, you're a creep and weird. I'm out. And then you look at somebody like Natalie, which 
ostensibly like that is what I would assume given her upbringing that that would be like her reality and that is what you know she would ultimately that would be untimely it's not even like you know for her to end up the way she was at the end of this 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 finale episode was so that part made me cry uh because I just felt like I felt like there is absolutely when you've reached this level where despair is despair is despair like that I I was really hoping and glad that she didn't pull that trigger but the person that I identify with the most is Shauna even you know not the lack of work just being a housewife it's just the general like it's like that searing like I'm discontent there's a discontentment within myself I don't know what it is what excites me what gets me hot and for her, it's like murder. Yeah. She likes murdering. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the show is so relatable, even when it's like mm-hmm. she's like carving <laughs> up a rabbit like to serve for dinner. You said and that's the thing. The show's so relatable. But it is because I think there's a part of each of them. But I think with Shauna, like that longing of like, I was going to be somebody and I was going to do something. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I don't. And regardless, like, and there are so many people who feel that way who didn't get, you know, trapped in the wilderness for 18 months and have to maybe eat some of their friends. And like, that is so relatable. Even I I like my life. I really like my life. I like a lot more what I've started to build for it in the past few years when I like, that's the thing about being in your 40s. But like, there are times where I like, I wish I would have been and I was bold. It's like I left Indianapolis. I went to Duke. I moved to New York. I got myself into the magazine industry. Like, my family didn't know anybody. Like, da-da-da. And I obviously had privilege, but, like, I didn't have connections. And so I did think that I was just like, yeah, I want to fucking move to New York. And, like, there's a lot of people that I went to high school with that would have never done that, you know? But So I get that I was bold in some ways, but there were times where I was like... I always say, like, I wish I would have allowed my weird to come out more, even in, in, like, work and in, like... Like, I think there's that, and I think a lot of women feel this way, and and certainly, like, women of color have to do it in a different way, but, like, well, I have to be in this certain box, and I have to be likable, and I have to be nice, and I was a real people pleaser, maybe not to the extent that Shauna was even as a teen, you know, like, but... Yeah, there's times yeah. where I was like, oh, I should have just like been fucking weirder and like not been afraid to be embarrassed about something or like taken. I was so you're so right. You know? I was so afraid of being embarrassed. Yeah. I was so afraid of being embarrassed. And that was just that was the shame. Like I talk about shame all the time because that was, you know, shame. Things occurred in my teenage years that were shameful to me because everyone had looked at me as like this pretty pretty princess and I was like I'm not I'm a tomboy I like grunge music I you know I like to wear big baggy clothes I like to read a lot I like to write a lot I love computers like I'm not you know I love music I'm gonna listen to I'll have my headphones on but I was very outgoing so I think that threw people off but I also felt like I also felt like if I were more weird, if I leaned into being a much more of a performer, yeah. like if I were a teenager now, I would absolutely be like number one on TikTok. Oh my God. I was doing everything I do on TikTok. I did that then. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why didn't I, there was a performer inside of me that like was too afraid to come out. And I did sports yeah. and I was the valedictorian and I did two varsity sports and yeah. I was popular and I was social yeah. and I was, you know, whatever. 
didn't have a lot yeah. of boyfriends, but like I would have, I should have leaned into all of that. It's like why I love doing this podcast and like doing and like yeah. writing stuff on Twitter and like I, oh my God, if you and I had had TikTok when we were 16. Abby, I keep thinking to myself like, I was recording myself lip syncing to stuff. I was pretending to be like a preacher at a church. I was pretending to be like a news reporter. I had like five different characters I would pretend to be that I would record myself doing. And I would do multiple characters. I would talk to myself as myself as different characters. I was raised on comedy because of my dad. And my dad is, you know, was obsessed with like, you know, SNL and comedy and Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. So I like would to get out of trouble, I would do like the entire delirious routine <laughs> for my mom and dad just to not get in trouble and stuff like that. Like I should have done more than that. People always say you should have been a comedian. It's like, I probably would have been a great comedian, but I know for two things about myself, excess is a, is, is a, is a vice, yeah. excess. So I would have done everything to the death and I would probably not be here because excess is a vice of mine. I have to literally tell myself you need to stop eating this you need to stop shopping you need to stop obsessing you need to start so like excess would have been i don't i don't do would have taken yeah over. i don't do halfway very well i don't moderate me very neither. well i don't moderate or nope, modulate very well with my feelings or Mm-mm. my behaviors like i always Mm-mm. blame it on being a scorpio but it's also just me so it's like you're a scorpio yeah. <sighs> i'm bored on halloween god god Oh, God. You're two days after Alan. Alan's on the 28th. You're born on Halloween. I was born at like 10.04 p.m. on Halloween. I will never get on your bad side. Which is, yeah, it's, I'm like, I can, I'm like a very nice person, but like. That's what Scorpios say. When you cut me, like, I will, and I'm like, and I will destroy you. And I will quietly do it. Like, yeah, I can, yeah, I like withhold. Like Alan. But I, Mm -hmm. and I'm very all or nothing about everything. It's like with sugar is like a huge, you know, like wave and something, or it could be alcohol, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, the, I'm not eating sugar now. And I like, won't eat it for six months. And then I'll eat 17 bags, you know, like of you like, make it six months. I Sometimes. won't do it for like six hours. And then I'll be like, yes, I'm, I'm Oh my God. I used to, a little so one of my, my, an ex-boyfriend, like my ex-boyfriend from my twenties, um, who is a comedian, uh, I, we would go, he lived above, there was like the world of nuts and candy, like stores, like the bin candy oh stores, God. you know, in New York. Oh and God. so literally like, and I had like two roommates. I always, he lived by himself. I always stayed at his place. And so every night that I was there, we would like go get dessert. Also I was in my twenties, just shoving food in my face with like a boy who had like the metabolism of like a boy. Um, right. and so I would get like a thing of like a bat, just all my different things. And I like all sugary, sugary candies. Like I'll eat chocolate, but that's not what I'm going for. And yeah, so me too, me too. I'm like, I'll, I would be eating it and then I'd be like, oh, I'm so nauseous. And I'd like put it down. He'd be like, just stop eating it. And then I'd like five minutes later, just be like, pick it up and start eating. He's like, you just said you were, it was making you nauseous. And I'm like, but it tastes so good. <laughs> it tastes so good. So good. Like Alan bought me two bags of Jelly Bellies. I will eat no other jelly bean. You, if you bring me like a bag of like some 7-Eleven jelly beans oh, I'll eat those. or whatever, I'll eat Brock's. Nope, I'll eat I, will, a Brock's. I, I will be upset. <laughs> nope, I'm not eating a Brock's. That is like my, I absolutely refuse it. And I only, I can only eat Jelly Bellies. I can only eat, that's like, like if I were a celebrity, that That's would in be your one rider. Of situations where, 
that's in my writer. And if you bring me Brock's, it'll tell. I will take that as a sign of like indignation and fire you because I am very specific. I just want. Listen, Jelly Bellies. I like what I like and I like how I like it. And I'm not afraid to say what I like. And that is a thing that has been true of me my whole life. So it's like I've always had a ton of opinions. I've never been afraid of saying them. Um, No. And I, you know, and like in and I like I guess it's like I can but I can always control like it from a party standpoint, like in high school and college and stuff like. But I'm also like. I can drink an enormous amount of wine and like kind of be rolling. And then it's obviously we always, uh, you have a dark side, but like, like I have a dark side, but like, it's, it's so interesting. Cause it's, it's always been there. And then it's like, and then it's I watch, always been there. And then I watch these like euphoria teens and I'm like, <gasps> Oh my God, Abby. The thing is the thing about euphoria. I tweeted this. I said that the euphoria, the yellow jackets are just euphoria girls who grew up, which I firmly believe. I absolutely, I was, I was like, this is brilliant. Like this is a thesis for a dissertation, a thesis, a thesis, because I will tell you right now, the, the show is like shocking to be like, even my sister, my sister's only four years younger than me. And she's like, it's really graphic. And I'm like, you went to Catholic school. So you went to Catholic school from kindergarten to high school. I went to, you know, a high school in the city. And this is maybe we weren't, it wasn't out in the open, but there was definitely a level of like, you know, being, it's more than wild. Yeah. They're illicit. They're like, illicit. It's just, it's, there's yeah. Well, they're illicit. A, one of my guy friends, a really good guy friend from high school who I'm still tight with, um, he just started watching and he texted me and he was like, does this remind you of our high school a little bit? And I was like, absolutely. And like things get pushed a little <laughs> more to the extreme. It's like a little mm-hmm. more extreme, but like the mix of the different kinds of kids too. We went to a really big public high school and yeah. it was a yeah. really, it was a mix from, um, Racially, ethnically, religious, um, socioeconomically, yeah, you had too. really rich kids and really not rich kids. Like, and 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 we mm-hmm. had a mix. I love it. It's, I I am so grateful. I went. That's was my high school. Me too. But like, he was like, yeah. it kind of feels like our high school, right? And I was like, absolutely. Just like pushed a little more extreme. But like, like Fez, you know, I love my Fez. And I'm like, but we, I like knew I drug dealer guys like that. Like, I mean, he wasn't, they weren't necessarily bringing guns around, but like that no. little, like the seediness of like, but like, but that guy's cool. And we like smoked his weed and hung out in his car, you know, like I had a, that's my Fez. His name was, his nickname was Fufu. <laughs> and that's who, and I had a crush on him and he was like a bad boy. Yeah. And, but his, it's the same way that Fez sort of just like he melts. What's the name of the girl? Uh, Apato daughter. Lexi. I uh, was a Lexi type. Lexi. I relate to Lexi. I can totally see you being a Lexi. I was a Lexi. I can totally see you being a Lexi. I. I there's no archetype on the show that re- represents me at all. I think, even though I I, I relate to the show. Yeah. But I, like I would sneak out of the house. He would be, it would be him. It would be my girlfriend, Maisha. It would be my other friend, Maurice. And I would just smoke weed with them. Mm-hmm. And they called me, my nickname from them was Little Uncle. <laughs> because I was like the responsible, nerdy one. I was too. And they're like. <laughs> but I also wanted to get stoned. So they'd be like, hey, Little Uncle. But I also wanted to get stoned. And they'd be like, hey, Little Uncle. Like, you know, and I would just ride with them all over the place. We'd go to Oakland because I was born and raised in San Francisco. we go to Oakland. But like I grew up, I growing up the entire time in San Francisco, like that's another thing that's really interesting is like 
I, I don't, I, I, and same thing with yellow jackets because, you know, obviously they're not all the same race. They're not all the mm-hmm. same socioeconomic backgrounds, but they're, that's like, not like in the middle of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like Ty is clearly bisexual. She's clearly in a relationship uh, with another bisexual or a, a lesbian uh, woman. They're both lesbians and they're in a lesbian relationship. And, you know, like there's a lot of other things that are just treated so like, this is the way it goes yeah. and this is how it is. And it's not like, oh my God, they're lesbians. And that's not a plot point, right? right? But then, you know, growing up in San Francisco, being, you know, at the the center of, you know, like this is, you know, movements yeah. that have changed nations launched in San Francisco. So it was never like, a, it wasn't weird to have friends with parent two moms mm-hmm. or two dads. It wasn't unusual to, you know, be gay in middle school. It was not unusual to have multiple races in one core friend group. That's just how we all operated. That just felt so normal. That's why it's so, I guess it was like a culture shock for me when I realized how racist America was. Right. I was like, wow, like I didn't notice any of this ever. Cause I felt like we all just kind of like, we were into our own things. And that's the thing about the euphoria. That's really annoying is they're not into anything else, but sex, drugs, and fashion. Yeah, they just like want to fuck. <laughs> like, get yeah, high. they just want to fuck all the time yeah. and get high. And I definitely wasn't like that. I will say after, you know, I was, I, I, we, you we were talking earlier about how, you know, things we didn't tap into our performing, you know, arts. And I, and I think a lot of that is because I was just too horny. I was super horny the entire time, so and, and, and literally like to and be. I didn't have sex in high so school. Horny. I can say that. I, when did you? When did you lose your virginity? I was a freshman in college. I was 19. That's not not Yeah, no, no, it wasn't at all. I mean, a lot of my friends did. And I, but I was like, I have always, again, Scorpio. um, Mm -hmm. I was like reading inappropriate romance and sexy books when I was like, because also my reading level was really high. So I could like, me too. So I'm like, I remember being a kid and like, so I was reading Daniel Steele. I mean, I warped all my sensibilities about like love you know I was like oh and then you have one great love and then he dies and then you have another great love and then he dies and then you have another great you know (laughs) in the beginning of the pandemic like the really beginning I right before the libraries like closed I like went and got a bunch of books and I got some Danielle Steele from my youth and I like reread the thorn birds and like I and then of course we had all our VC Andrews nonsense up there but I remember in our basement in my house and growing up that I remembered where wifey was on the shelf, the adult Judy yeah. Bloom book. And I remember how it made me feel. And I knew where that certain scene was. And mm-hmm. so I have always been into like sexy thing, you know, and, but it was all happening. A lot of it was happening for a long time, just all up in my head. And I was like a horny teen all the time. You know, like I was horny and I, my dad had, he doesn't know this. He had players was like the black version uh of playboy and he had them like hidden away. So I would just look at those. I would look at playboy. He had like the the Latoya Jackson. Oh my God. The Latoya. My parents had the Latoya and my dad, my parents also had playboy 
when I was like four and they t got rid of it because one day they came into, into the house. I don't know where they were, but I like literally turned the channel, got up on the st on, on a chair, turned the channel to 27. And they were like, what the, f no, we got to get rid of this. I spent a lot and of time like with real sex, all the volumes. All the volumes. Like, that was just, like, my secret. It was a shame. It was secret shame. I would watch the Spice Channel and wait for, yeah. like, the free preview weekends. I would know when they oh were coming. Oh, my God, coming. yeah. I would be like, I was like, I would be like, oh, my God, this is free preview weekend. And I would have to find a time to watch it where, like, nobody, I would turn my television, like, all the way. So, like, my mom and dad walked in. Like, they couldn't see what was on it. And I can change the channel. Like, this is, this is. And, like, these kids don't today don't know how easy they have it. And these kids on Euphoria know how easy they have it because that's why they're all constantly in trouble. They're constantly in trouble or constantly about to get in trouble. And it's just so unnerving to watch these people. I, but at the same time, I love it. Me too. I'm like, oh, what it. is going on? And I'm not like, I am not a prude. I am not an anything. Mm -hmm. Um, about mm -mm. sex, I'm I'm always just like, oh my god, you're fucking like you're gonna get fucking caught. Like I'm just like anxious. I am I'm, an anxious. I'm sitting person. there the entire time, and I'm thinking to myself, like, th I did that when I was like 27. But I that's when I was like at a time in my life where I had no not one care in the like world. naughty in the back and, of the cab. And now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not I was like naughty. I would definitely say that I was like much more naughty. And I mean, like that's what guys would call me all the time. They're like, you're naughty, and Same. I love that. Oh, I, I love wore it I with loved, a badge of honor. Being, with a badge. I don't like being called dirty because that felt like I was should not be in charge or have agency because I'm actually enjoying this. I, I consented because I, I'm the aggressor, mm -hmm. maybe. I like being naughty because it's just like, you, you're, you're such a girl or you're such like a lady, but you're really like naughty. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what, you know, reading wifey <laughs> is what, I mean, wifey is. I loved wifey. And can I tell you that I put, I took my grandma's version and I put a paper bag cover on it because it was a hard book. She had a hard okay. book version. So I paper, and she had no idea that that's what I was reading. So she'd think I was like reading like work, school yeah. work. And I was like, no, I'm reading wifey. wifey. And people don't talk about wifey enough. I didn't realize how popular wifey was. And really among, when I like, the smartest women, the most interesting women I know, mm -hmm. all read this shit, like, all, and like, in our age group of our generation. And, like, you know, also the other thing that I always say is, and this is like, can tie to Euphoria too, is I would have been a motherfucking ace goddamn fanfic writer. Like, Wattpad, archive of our own. I would have never left my room. We need to talk about it. No, we need to talk about this because I'm very much. I really want to start writing fan fiction as as like Sweet Valley High type content. I don't know what the legal, I have to think about the legal ramifications, but I really want to create fan fiction that feels like Sweet Valley High. Yes. Because I just think that there is an audience for like teen versions of people in this in in this world that we know or we're, we're we're familiar with like i would read like what i would read about what kim k is like and was like in high school i imagine that she made people crazy oh my god i, I you know i i i her like power and i don't mean must that in, like, have been insane that's what i'm saying like her power her and allison and like, were, like running around that fucking high school like destroying people destroying people i'm fr i'm i'm friendly with i've i've known one of her somebody in that clique for years and and they always said that um 
even in high school, they were always like, Kim's going to be famous. And then they, they would say it all the time. And then when the before the sex tape came out, Allison, I guess, told everybody, Kim's about to be really <laughs> famous. And I was... Remember when, like, she... Expl- I remember when I, like, worked for Paul Abdul for, like, eight months as her oh assistant. And this was, like, during Idol Days, and she, like, had a slip of paper on her desk that was, like, Kim Kardashian closet organizer. And I think about this all the time. Like, think about Kim K as a closet organizer. I would read fan fiction about oh my that. God. Her in different people's homes around, like, Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. Yeah, collecting tips. Like and she would be like organizing be. Minka Kelly's character's closet on like Euphoria. There could be yes. a crossover because my thing is also like, oh, that's what, how Lila Garrity grew up. She became a rich Euphoria like mom. Yeah, like that's. I mean, like let's literally. I'm watching this show, and I'm thinking like, first of all, Minka Kelly threw me off completely because were we just watching Minka Kelly being a teenager? So that yeah. was weird, but. There's just like I don't know. I believe it's set in LA. I, my assumption is there's an I I I love living in LA. I love it here, but I'm really glad that I wasn't raised yeah. here because I just feel like that's LA. <laughs> Everybody that has been born and raised here that I'm that I'm friends with or spoken to, that's just that that's just that's LA just LA. Energy. Yeah, I mean I've I've lived in LA twice, and I would say like and and my friends that are from yeah, that feels right. It feels right. It wasn't like that in San Francisco. It was like you were getting high, you were skating, you were demonstrating, you were walking out, you were going to the mall. But like illicit, you were really shunned if you were like an, like being illicit. Like yeah, Israel. yeah. Like I mean, you could you could be like there was you know? a there was a point, there was a line, and we like didn't. And if you crossed it, you were mm-hmm. a very different type of kid. Like that was for right yeah. or for wrong. That's just like how it was. That's just how it was. I remember like we once went to like it was like. Again, prom, I did not go. And, but the girls that went, like, went upstairs and got, like, a room at the St. Francis Hotel in Union Square and, like, brought these, like, men upstairs. And I remember thinking to myself, I will not do that. I cannot do that. This is too far. And I'm, like, wondering the other thing about Euphoria is, like, how many times I was almost dead because of the stuff that we were doing. Like we, you know, and, and when I say dead, like today, you know, I just read about another chick in Connecticut who went on a Tinder date with a guy and ended up in his dead in his bed. And I'm like, how many different times do we evade? Were murder? we like just <laughs> one hair away from like a dateline special? Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. Cause there was a, so much idiocy and no way to contact anyone and get help and no way to contact dumb. anyone. I ran away from home like for three days and my mom and dad were like, not even phased when I came back. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Wait, one more thing I want to talk. I could talk to you forever, but I don't, I want to let you have the rest I know, of your day. I know. Um, I know. that scene in this week's episode of euphoria. Wait, you were talking about this on Twitter. We were talking about this on Twitter, that scene with cat with, Oh, cats. Well, cat, who is our fan fiction writer. Um, she's well known for one D smut. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. fuck with Larry's though. I don't fuck with Larry's. That's a scary corner of the internet and I don't want any part of it. I don't, I have never messed with that. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. We draw the line. Mm -hmm. I do not read Larry fanfic. Um, nope. Don't uh know. Not saying I don't read other ones, but I don't read Larry. Um, (laughs) but that, so there's this scene, if you guys haven't seen it, 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 where all these influencers like, are popping up it's a you know there's a lot of fantasy sequences on euphoria and it's really beautifully shot and whatever but they're all popping up 
screaming like love yourself and like then she's talking to them and like I hate myself and she's like this influencer's like yeah why do you think I do this I hate myself why do you think I look like this and she's like you're so beautiful you look perfect and she's like no I hate myself and then they're all the voices like screaming at her as she's yeah. like screaming and these yeah. real people are yeah that was in I was like oh yeah that's being a teenager but also being a woman and also being on the internet yeah yep and it was just too, it was too real. It was so real. And it was shot, like, the way it's shot is, like, I don't know about you, but being, so I forgot, I said I didn't have, like, an avatar on Euphoria, and I forgot Cat exists, and that would probably make her very upset. But, like, I think that the images that I had as a young girl, I did not have anybody that looked like me, and I only had people that looked like a version of that who did look like me, but had no upbringing. I grew up middle class, yeah. upper middle class. You know, I grew up pretty spoiled um, and exposed and just like exposed to like everything, the arts, travel, yeah. going out of the country, all those different things. And that just felt different than what girls like me were doing. And it was, you know, to see these images today, what they're exposed to, I feel really bad that the access to it isn't an onslaught. I go. I made a, a secret Instagram profile for myself just so I can have the ability to sort of, A, not get emotionally inv- involved in Instagram content of people that I know, and B, so I can just sort of observe the, the inst- observe right. Instagram as somebody who's like distant from it. Uh, because it, it, it started getting hard to like manage things because I'm being like, my clients would be like, I want it to look like Beyonce. It was like, well, you're not Beyonce, so it's not going to look there. Or why can't I have what, you know, this person has? And I'm like, well, just because you're not as interesting as that person is. Let's try to figure out a vibe. Then I realized I was telling people that are like Grammy winners, you know, Emmy nominees, that you're not interesting enough to be viable on Instagram. And I was like, wait a second, I need to pull back because that's A, going to kill my business and B, that's not true. So I had to look at the internet from the outside looking in and you cannot evade, you cannot get away from women with high, tight, taut butts in mm-hmm. butt leggings that lift your butt or make the illusion of a butt who have, you know, it's just all of this. And and now, you know, and Kim and Chloe may have drained their butts. I don't know. But it's like the fact that they're, I have a love and hate relationship with the Kardashians because I hate how they move image. And I hate how young girls, I would have never been able to compete I, no, I take that back. I would have been, I would have done better now with my body type at 16 years old for sure. Right. Because I, I had the body type that everybody tries to emulate now. But I am not 16. I am now 41. Right. So it's, it's, it's under this layer of fat. But the images that they're being exposed to and not knowing who to be and not know what to be like, that didn't feel as harsh back then because. It, that that it does now. It feels very, very, very abusive. Yeah. It did not feel that way for me. I don't know about you, but like I did not, I didn't like that. I was not ref, re, reflected and represented and I have issues with that in other ways, but I never, I'm so proud I didn't come out of it going, I want to be a different race, look a different way, do it. I just never yeah, got into that. I think it's like, it, it definitely wasn't as much, it was much more, like it was much more under the radar. And I did, I mean, I, listen, I was a skinny, mm-hmm. tall white girl, like who, like I, yeah. I, and a, I was really skinny then, but I, I think I never quite thought I was skinny enough. But I wasn't like it wasn't mm. like the but because one another friend of mine said she was like I've been watching a lot of '90s TV, and 
my God, everyone was like a lollipop head. And like what they told us yeah. was curvy and what they, you know, and it, it actually has taken time to unpack that and realize it because it wasn't as in your face. It was just like, oh, well, this is just what's on TV. And this is, you weren't inundated in the same way that kids are now. And I don't know how I would have, I don't think I would have handled it well at all. And I think it's hard enough to handle as a grown up with a therapist yeah. and like a pretty good head on yeah. her shoulders. <laughs> and, you know, like li some life under my belt. And it doesn't mean I don't have insecurities. I still have tons of insecurities and I still have insecurities about me my too, body. And I, I, you know, and I wish I didn't, me but too. I do. And also some of that has been baked in since the 80s. Like it's just in there and it, yeah. I, I can do some work on it. But like it didn't feel like the same as that screaming, like the way that that I it made it broke my heart for like teenagers and and young girls and boys and and they're being told so much shit abby and then you have to find pockets of girls i found a couple i mean there's more than a couple but i found these girls who are happy being size 14 who are happy being in xl and i'm so proud yeah. of them because i would have loved to see a girl that was like you know i would say i was like a woman size 10 when I was 18 and that is not fat. No. That is, but it know, wasn't represented was on in media and pop culture and magazines. And you know, no. it wasn't, mm -mm. it wasn't. And clothes didn't fit. Clothes oh, fit great. Yeah. Now I can buy all sorts of shit and look yeah. amazing. And I'm so thankful, but God, it held me back in so yeah. many ways, not conforming to whatever I refuse to conform. Now you're right. I still hold onto some shit. I'm working. I mean, we've talked about it. You've seen it. I'm working on trying to yeah. have a baby. And that is the one resentment about all of this is that I know my metabolism is slowing down and I need to have a baby. And who the fuck knows how my body will look after a baby at 40. I've already told my husband, I've already told everyone I'm going to breastfeed this baby for six freaking months. I'm going to love on this baby. And then I'm going to the Dominican Republic and I'm going to get liposuction and I'm going to get a breast drop mm -hmm. because I have decided maybe not six months, maybe a year. Cause I also want to lose weight the healthy way. I'm Whatever you want to do ever. is the right thing to do. I, I will do it the healthy as healthy as possible, but I am going to do it because I'd want to for once and for all get to where I need to be so I don't have to wake up every single fucking day thinking about my yeah. body. So let me I tell you. I have done that since I was born. I would love to, because also like I'm, I, I'm not where I would like to be. And again, I'm like, why do you have a thing where you would mm -hmm. like to be? Da, 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 da. And you can't, and it's yeah. like, I'm so yeah. healthy. I work out all the time. I do Pilates, privates, three days a week. Like all these things, which I, I also enjoy. And I like, the, it's good for my head too. Like oh, exercise is very good yeah. for my anxiety. Good. Of course. But, Last year, the best money I ever spent, it'll be a year in March, is I got a breast reduction. And it was the best <gasps> thing I've ever done. It changed. First of all, they're beautiful. Not that they weren't beautiful. They are like, and they just sit up. So I got like the reduction and lift. So there's nothing fake in there. Oh, it's I just me. Though, I mean, do if you want it, if you need. But I was just, I had enough. They just needed to like suck some out and lift it up. And it my mentality, my confidence. So for whatever that's worth and that, you know what, whatever I'm proud of you. It was my body. It made me so happy. It was my money that I earned and I was very yeah. happy to spend it. 
And yeah, it, I wasn't in as much pain as I know some of my friends who have done that, like back pain and things like that. I didn't have tremendous, but I can tell you it felt better the second I walked out of the hospital. And I love them. I sit I and want I, that I so like bad. hold that. Like I love them. <laughs> the best thing I've ever That's done. That's what I miss. I can wear shirts that I couldn't I mean, wear. I, I, I can wear, I can look at cuts of things. I've got all these little skims bras. Speaking of skims, I don't have to wear I an miss, underwire I, I anymore. I don't have to wear these gigantic I'm jealous. Things. It is the best thing I've ever I'm done. I'm jealous. I really miss being able to hold both my mm-hmm. boobs and like, what, like, like have a, like, and guys used to be like, Oh, it's mm-hmm. like it's like a perfect handful. Yeah. And I'm like, they're not. They're on my knees now. Like that's what they don't talk about. And it's like I want them back up here. They're back, baby. I want less stomach. I, I that's what I'm saying. I, but I'm, I want, I'm gonna, you I'm know, I'm not I'm not saying no to stomach stuff later. I but these this was I and I quietly thought about it. And here's that thing about shame. I didn't tell many people that I was thinking about it for a really long time. And I think any woman who has really big boobs has probably at least considered it at some point in life. But I hadn't even like told, talked about it with like my sister that much or like whatever. I don't know. There was like this thing and it was like, oh, but I'm going to get plastic. It's like, yeah, I am. And I also get Botox and like, I don't care now what anyone thinks yeah, it, but I was like care. I was like oh wait I was holding this out on myself for so long and it's brought me so much well happiness. 20s and 30s feels weird, feels yeah. weird. you have all the tools at a grocery store to help yeah. you and, a, and and get on a bike you're good once you get past 40 you're gonna need yeah. some help and if you care about those things and they matter to you you know do it then I don't know how the Kardashians are gonna look specifically Kylie I just am I don't not know feeling great about how they're going to look because they started at a weird time. And when your, your face changes your butt, like, you know, my head used to be lollipop. Now my chin is like filled out a little bit more. Like Like my chin, my jaws look different now and stuff. Like, yeah, my jaws different. Like my, everything's different. Like, I feel like I'm in my final form as what my body can handle. So that's why I'm like, I'm ready to sort of like, that's a really good point. And I am, yeah, like I, you know, I want my boobs back. I want my waist back. I had a great waist, you know, and then everything else I'm not worried about. I can work out, I can do, but I need a place to get back to so I can feel, and this is what's crazy competitive. I know. I want, I'm, I'm, the business that I'm in is youth. Same. Like, and, you know, I gotta stay young. I got married and I was suddenly less cool because I was married. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You get less cool. You don't want to hang out as much. You want to hang in with your your man. Uh, But no, I want to be like, you know, I think that's the inspiration of working for a J-Lo. She's like, I'm going to dump this dude who's on my nerves, cheating on me, making me look like a fool, go back, run back and get, you know, the guy that I know who loves me and whom I love and, you know, still look fucking hot. They look, they, they look, look great. great. And listen, and they if you into, don't want... When they went to Venice Film oh, Festival, oh. Glamour. Celebrity oh, movie glamour. stars. Celebrity. <laughs> celebrity movie. That's what I'm That's talking about. That's what I'm about. talking about. And listen, they I love out, it. it was, and if you don't care about that shit, awesome. That is dope. You do not have awesome. to. Like, I, I do. I do. But I stayed up. I stayed up for the content. I fucking stayed up for the content. I want. I knew it would be late. And I wanted the content and I don't care because I need it. I needed to see that. That was a moment. Yeah. Uh, 
I love you so much. I'm like, can I come I love you to so your much. house? We talk for fucking ever. Yeah, you can. I'm in my office. You can come kick it here. It's got a TV, cable, Peloton. Oh, You're nice. all set. That's what my, Lounge. like the thing that my guest room office doesn't have. It has a desk and a Peloton and a bed, but it doesn't have a TV. But I'm going to have to, I'm like, that's why I don't work in there. 90 bucks from Target. Um, but I think I'm going to be in LA in May. So I'll keep yeah. Yeah, like well, I you're going to come you. and see me, and that's what we're uh, going to yeah, do. For sure. Yeah, no, Wait, you're okay, see so you yeah, have to tell everyone it. where to find you on on the internet. Oh, you can find me on Twitter. Okay, on internet, it's at Twitter, at W-Y-N-T-E-R, W-Y-N-T-E, with a Y, W-Y-N-T-E-R, Mitchell. And then, you know, I have a podcast called Waiting to Exhale. It's cute. We talk about Gen X, and we do that, and we, we have fun with that. And yeah. I, I've enjoyed every second of this. I can talk to you for five, five fucking, fucking hours. hours. No and I love waiting to exhale the podcast and the movie. <laughs> and, and the, the soundtrack movie, to the movie. Which is what we named it after. Yeah. And the soundtrack to the movie, obviously. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much. And I will be right back. Thank you so much to Winter. That was a blast. Um, Definitely follow her on Twitter. She's hilarious and so insightful. And I will definitely have her back on to talk about many, many more, many more things. Um, You know, we didn't get into like nitty gritty like plot stuff about Yellow Jackets, but I'm always down to talk about that. I I think that... um, I would like to see Shannon Sosman cast in the role of who the fuck is Lottie Matthews. I would like to say for the record that we also need more Robin Tunney in our lives. I have been pitching her as Jackie for the entirety of watching the show. I realized that could, I think there are ways that like a grown Jackie could um, in some sort of non-corporeal form make its way like visions ghosts. you know, just saying there's not, we need more Robin Tunney in our lives. She should be Jackie in some way, shape or form. And, uh, Lauren Ambrose, right. As fan, if, if fans around, I think she is. I think we just, there are, I, I, I think we have not even learned all the people that have made it out of the wilderness yet, even after that finale. So, Lauren Ambrose, hope she's getting a call. I also just don't understand how they fixed Van's face so well. Like her face was gone and now it's just like stitched up pretty nice with like a scar. Like what? And I would also like to just say for the record, I've uh, had this conversation with numerous, numerous group texts, but I do think there's a chance that um, they're going to eat the baby. Shauna's baby. And I'm sorry if that's disturbing to some people. I think that that dream, the chicken, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're going to kill the baby, but I think they might eat the baby. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's what I thought the first second she had that like dream vision thing. And I know that makes me sick and probably wrong um, in the head. But this is who I am. This is who I am. So thanks again for listening. 
Um, subscribe to the newsletter. We have notes.substack.com. Follow we have at we have notes on Instagram and TikTok, or I'm at Abby C. Gardner on Instagram, at Abby Gardner on Twitter. If you've got any any notes of your own, send them my way. I love to hear them. I love to hear from all of you. And until next week, I would say let's like get in touch with our like teen angst a little bit and do a version or do something that you were like too embarrassed or sh- like about in when you were an actual teenager to do. Like you just didn't want to be embarrassed. So you didn't do it, even though it was something you really wanted to do. Just fucking do it this week. Right? That's the plan. And I will talk to you soon. You're listening to We Have Notes on speak.studio.